Good evening. Today is February 5th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Step 10, and our speaker tonight is Pam C. Thank you, Pam C, and welcome. Okay. Here I am. There you all are. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Pam C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. I think I'm going to change. I'm going to change the view so I can see your faces. Um, I am really nervous. And, uh, you know, I realized as I was praying and meditating before um, I got on the line that it's kind of silly of me to expect myself not to be nervous. I want to do it perfectly. And of course, that's not going to happen. But I've been around for a really long time. So, you know, I get lost in the details sometimes. So please bear with me. I do know I have a, a strong message of hope and recovery to share. And um, it's it was really interesting. Um, Ian reached out to me. He had reached out to me once before asking if I would be willing to speak on your meeting. And um, it, it just didn't work out the last time. And then he, he got hold of me at the end of last week. And um, he said that on February 5th, he, they, that your group wasn't able to find a speaker. And I said, I would take it for sure. Um, and partly because today is one year of entire abstinence for me, which, which is really miraculous. It, it really is. Um, my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous was over 40 years ago. <laughs> and to say I'm only, you know, one year of entire abstinence and and can from my heart say that I'm recovered for today is is truly a miracle. Um, and I, I do want to say that um, this is my story. You know, I'm sure some of you will disagree with with things I have to share about about how I got here, and and that's okay. I realized today that um, a big part of my recovery today is um, about learning to love and accept myself exactly as I am. You know, I'm not a gifted speaker like Melissa C or Janet B. Um, I'm I'm just I'm just me, and and I'm the only person that God ever intended for me to be in the world. So. Um, I only have my my story to share with you, and, and I'll do that to the best of my ability. And, um, you know, I can remember from the time I was really small that food was different for me than it was for other people. Um, I always wanted more, and everybody else in my family and, you know, with others, they were able to have food, you know, a certain amount and stop, or they would actually leave food on the plate and walk away or take a few bites. And I, I could never, I could never understand that. Um, it, it has always been, um, I mean, I didn't know it then, but it has always been a source of comfort for me. And I, I grew up in a house of isms, so I, I don't blame my parents um, or anyone else that I have this disease. I believe that I was born this way. Um, 
you know, no matter what it is, if it, if it looks good, if it tastes good, if it smells good, if it feels good, I want more, you know, and, and I've been like that for my, my entire life. And I did learn at a very young age how to restrict. Um, and everything was about, um, how I looked you know, um, that image that I projected and attracting a mate, it was, it was never really about, um, who I was on the inside. It was always about how I looked on the outside. And even in my family life, it was about how we looked on the outside. Um, and we always looked really good on the outside, but on the inside, you know, things were, things were pretty chaotic in in my house growing up and I love my family dearly um but there there's a lot of addicts in, in my in my family no surprise and and that's okay you know that's okay um so um I I didn't actually with the with the restricting if I didn't feel hunger pains um then I wasn't losing weight so my goal was always to be starving myself. And, um, you know, I was hungry a lot through the years. And then, of course, I couldn't sustain that. And I would start binging. And, um, you know, then I'd start gaining weight and comments would be made and, you know, the shame and the guilt and all of that stuff. So that began for me pretty young. But I didn't really start to have um, real weight problems until... I got married in my in my early 20s and um the first 3 months even less than that probably two and a half months of my marriage um I gained like 40 pounds and obviously I was eating out of control to gain 40 pounds in in that amount of time and we did have a family friend um who was a member of Overeaters Anonymous and I had tried all the pay and ways and diet pills and the gym and restricting and jogging and everything you could think of. But, um, you know, I, I could never sustain it. I just could never sustain it. So I reached out to this family friend and in 1983, November of 1983, I went to my first OA meeting. And interestingly enough, it was a big book meeting um, for beginners, but I was a kid and I had no clue what they were talking about, but I did get a sponsor she didn't take me through the steps, but um, she was like my food sponsor. I called her every day and, you know, that that was great. And I did I did lose the weight that I wanted to lose and I felt good and we were going to different meetings. Um, but at some point, um, she was not able to sponsor me anymore. She was having some health issues and she was sort of a mother figure to me. And she had to let me go. And of course, that was, you know, devastating. And from that point on, I started to lose my enthusiasm for for being in OA, even though, like I said, I, I didn't understand anything with the steps and people holding hands and praying. And it just all seemed so bizarre to me, except that I did have a community of of supportive people. And, and you know, when I was working the tools, I, I managed to lose weight. So I did I did leave the fellowship because I was very discouraged. And at that point, I felt like it was a mind over matter thing and my mind just wasn't there anymore. Um, and I left for quite a few years and then I found another 12-step fellowship 
And I really believed that if I worked on my um, adult children issues, that um, that would take care of my food problem. But it just kept getting worse because, you know, it's a progressive disease. Of course, I didn't know that. So um, I grew to um, over 100 pounds more than I am today. Um, at least my highest known weight was about 104 pounds more than, than I am today. So I was really unhappy, you know, really unhappy with myself. And I, I felt like I was living my best life, trying to be the best spouse and the best mom and daughter and, you know, employee and all of those things. And I couldn't understand that. I, I, could not control the food, you know, because I really felt like no matter what I put my mind to, I was able to accomplish it, but somehow I couldn't do it with, with the food. I just kept failing over and over again. And every once in a while I dip my toe back into OA, but it just, I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready, but ultimately I did come back and, um, and I really haven't left since then. That was probably around 2000 or so. Um, I was a single mom by then. And, um, you know, life was life was really challenging. Um, and in, in this area where I live, most of the meetings are tool-based meetings. And there is a lot of long-term abstinence in those meetings. Um, and I felt like I was doing all of the things that I was supposed to do but somehow I, I could not sustain my abstinence. And I just felt like for the rest of my life that, you know, the food was going to just be like this anchor around my neck, that I would never feel real freedom from it, that I would be able to put it down, but I would never feel any kind of freedom from it. And, um, I you know, I just didn't know what I didn't know. and it turned out that there was a big book meeting in my area, which became my home meeting, but we were just reading the book. We weren't really studying the book. And thank you. Um, I, there was a lot of shame around um, the fact that I kept picking up. I saw so many people with long-term abstinence and I just couldn't do it, but I was not understanding at that point the physical allergy. I truly didn't understand that. And I also didn't understand that not everybody in the rooms is a real hardcore compulsive overeater like I am. So it was a lot of years of, of relapsing. And then I finally heard about um, a phone meeting that I started to listen to. And although I felt kind of skeptical because I was hearing the word recovery and that kind of made me feel bristly. Um, I kept hearing my story. You know, I kept hearing about people who were in the program for so many years and they just couldn't not pick up, you know? Um, so I did get a big book sponsor. I've, I've had a number of big book sponsors through the years and they were all wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But somehow I would get, um, I would get to the point where I thought I was recovered and I'd be taking other people through the big book, but there was still something missing. You know, there was still something missing for me and I didn't know what that was. Um, and I had one big book sponsor 
who said to me, you know, my idea was if I am the best student with this that I can be, the very best sponsee that you have and do everything you're telling me to do and look up all the words and write them in the margins of the big book and highlight everything, I'm going to finally get this thing. And the, the sponsor said to me, throw away your big book dictionary. You know what the words mean. This is a matter of the heart. It's not an intellectual endeavor. It's it's a matter of the heart. And I really wanted that, but I just, I didn't know how to do it. And um, my last relapse, and I, I had had three years of abstinence, but I know that the relapse began long before I picked up the food. Um, my program started to slip, you know, I, I don't think I was sponsoring so many people anymore. Um, I kind of felt like because I did all this hard work and I was, you know, going on meetings and doing the phone calls and, you know, sponsoring and whatever, like I kind of needed a little, a little break. I always have been a spiritual person. I've always been a seeker. Um, I, I know today that I believe that that's what I've always been craving, but I've always looked outside of myself for things to, to fill me up on the inside. It's always, it's, it's either been the food or people or possessions or status or whatever the case may be. I've always needed something outside of me to, to, uh, you know, fix what's broken on the inside. And, and I still have a tendency to do that today. Um, and when I hit my last bottom and I've had lots of bottoms, you know, and I, I, I can't predict what that's going to look like. So many times I was living with a, a girlfriend at this point and, um, in her house, I was in stealing food from her, like left and right. It, it was, it was terrible. Um, I mean, the things that I was doing just totally unacceptable to me, but I, I just couldn't not do it, you know? Um, because once I start, I can't stop. Once I get a taste of something sweet, it just triggers something in me and I'm off to the races. And my life was just a shambles. And on the outside, everything looked fine. But internally, I was in so much pain. And um, I saw, I, I was in a big book meeting. It was actually a big book meeting in another fellowship. The um, big book meeting that was an OA meeting here had closed during COVID and it hadn't been reopened. So I was going to big book meetings and another fellowship because there weren't any other OA big book meetings around. And I was actually reading the paragraph about the bedevilments. And it's like, oh my God, I am all of these things. I'm having trouble in personal relationships. I can't control my emotional nature. Um, I, I feel like I'm no use to anybody. I, I was not able to be, um, present for my family, for my work, because I was, I was in a, a food fog all the time. Um, I, I was participating in behaviors and relationships that were just so like they five, were eating five, me alive. Thank minutes. you. Thank you. Um, they were eating me alive and um, literally eating me alive the way I was living my life. And it really brought me to my knees. And I reached out to a former sponsor and um, asked her if she could help me. And 
thank the Lord, she stayed in touch with me, even though she knew I was in relapse. Um, sadly, she wasn't able to help me because she was not in a good space, but she directed me to some meetings. And, and this was February 5th last year. Um, I, I said to her, I committed to go onto a meeting the following night. And, um, I, when I got on that meeting, I saw someone who I had gotten to know years before I met her through the vision for you meetings. And that was such a God moment for me, just such a God moment for me. And I reached out to her and asked her if she could help me. And I, I was just, you know, I, I was ready. I truly was ready. And I thank God that I didn't have to gain back a hundred pounds or crash my car from binging while I was driving. And, um, I was, I was really ready, you know, something in my heart was, was changing and I was willing to do whatever it took. And her requirements were very steep. Uh, you know, it was, it was scary. There was, um, I didn't know if I could do it. And, I had a lot of things going on in my life that are not recommended during that hospitalization period. I was getting ready to move. I had a trip planned. I mean, all sorts of stuff was, was going on. Um, and she said, pray about it. Just pray about it. And I, I asked God and the response was immediate. It was very swift and very brief. Just do it a day at a time. And it's like, okay, I can do what she's asking me to do just for today. And at that point, I was willing to go through the pain, putting down the food, because I knew I couldn't keep living my life the way I was living it. I knew that eventually I would eat myself to death. And I just, I, I didn't want to miss out on life. I'm, I'm too old for that. I have a grandbaby now, you know, um, it's like, I, I want to be around and I, I want to enjoy the rest of my life. My parents are 88 and 91 now. I want to enjoy them. I still have to work full time. I need to be present for my job. Um, and things started to change. Um, step three for me this time was an incredibly powerful experience. I had never experienced that before. And I realized in sharing that third step with my sponsor that there were certain things, I was willing to let go of the food at that point, but there were other things I was so afraid to let go of because the fear of not getting what I wanted was so great. And it was the fear of losing someone, which I ultimately did, you know, and, and there was a lot of pain there for me. But amazingly, when I finally let go of that, let go of what I wanted and what I think I should have. Um, just life started to change. You know, my heart started to open and um, I kept doing all the things my sponsor asked me to do, the phone calls, the meetings, um, you know, the step work. It was, it was a lot of work, but I did. And most importantly, working on that relationship with my higher power, whom I call God. And that for me has been the most incredible experience. Just, I don't know what changed that um, my heart has finally opened to, to let God really enter my heart. Because like I said, I, I was a spiritual person all along, but instead of it being um, 
I don't, I'm not sure how to describe it. It's, I did all the things I was supposed to do, hoping for that transformation that we hear people talk about. Um, but I actually have an experience of God now, like God really is my best friend. And I, I started um, about five months ago doing two-way prayer, which has been an incredible experience for me. Um, it, it just, it blows my mind. It really does. And um, I, I just, you um, know, I, I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll finish up. I'll wrap it up. And I didn't talk about the 10th step, which is, which is so important in all of this. Um, and I apologize for that. Um, I heard someone share on a vision meeting recently that um, they believe that willingness is incremental. And I've come to learn that um, for me, that's true. And so is the surrender. And so is um, the letting go. And so is the acceptance that this is it for me. You know, I need to do these things every day if I want to stay recovered and if I want to feel useful, if I want to feel that freedom, that neutrality, which I have today. And anytime the food thoughts come, I know something else is going on. I need to do a 10th step and I do my nightly review every, every night. It reveals a lot for me. And um, I'm just so incredibly grateful. Um, to be a member of this community and and to be able to say that I'm Pam C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey and I'm an available sponsor, you know? So anyway, thank you so much for inviting me to be here and I will be quiet now. So thank you. Thank you so much, Pam, for a beautiful share. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept the guideline in order to keep this meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Uh, with Timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the, for the answer. Okay, let's start with Jackie. Jackie, come on in. Come on. Come on in. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much once again, Betty for your service and thank you, Pam, for a really heart-wrenching, heart-touching, wonderful and beautiful share. I, like you, have had an experience of God, something that happened to me today. You know, Life is an example of itself. That's all I can say. Life is an example. The little things that we go through every day is higher power teaching us and reaching us. And it's only keeping our eyes and mind and heart open to seeing that, 
that we see the experience as such. Okay, today, every day I take thyroid medication and I keep them, I keep the medication in a little container. As I was taking out the medication from the container, I said to myself in the back of my mind, I'm going to drop this. And then I poo-pooed myself. No, I'm not going to drop this medication. And I took out the medication, closed the container, and began to walk out of the room. And wouldn't you know, the part of the medication I dropped, I started to go into a panic. Because I have a cat, and if my cat ate that medication, it would die. So I went crazy looking, looking for the little piece of thyroid medication, sweeping, crying, panicking, saying, God, God, please help me, please help me. And then I surrendered and I said, God, I love you. I love my cat. I have no power in life to do anything. It's only you. Now, this is after I searched for half an hour in the room, swept everything, moved everything, looked and went crazy. Time. Uh, uh, okay, I'll, fi I'll finish just a moment. And all of a sudden, divine light came into my mind, gave me a picture of where that piece of medication was. I ran to it, and it was there. And I knew that God loved me. I understood. Sometimes one surrenders one's life. And says, God, I love you, no matter what, even if it seems bad that I dropped the medication. I guess that's why I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. Thank you, Jackie. Meredith, come on in. I see Stacy next. But I'm okay, Stacy, go ahead. Hi, I'm Stacy. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive reader. Meredith, thank you so much for acknowledging I was there. I appreciate that. Um, um anyway, um, I don't know, I'm getting this this sign that it looks like I'm done talking. Anyway, Pam, thank you so much. Um, I, I missed the beginning of that. I'm going to go back and listening to the recording because what I did here was so wonderful. And I actually have questions for my for my part right now. Um, I, I feel like I'm starting to get a little more hungry or get a little lazy or get a little, like I've been working, working and I'm sponsoring, I'm doing all these things. 
I'm not feeling that spiritual experience yet. Um, I'm not. So my question, few different questions. You said you have to work on your relationship with God. I'm wondering how you work on that relationship with God. I've heard of two-way prayer. I'd be curious what you do with that. And I was um, turning over a nightly 11 step to my then sponsor. And it just felt so rote. It just felt like I was just checking off boxes and, and I didn't find it so helpful. So I'm wondering what your experience is to maybe shift how I'm doing some things. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy, for for the question. And um, you know, I was I was feeling um similar feelings to you that um my prayer and meditation practice had gotten kind of stale and mechanical. I, I knew I needed to switch something up and I I I started to pray and ask God to please show me ways to draw closer. And um, I, I won't get into two-way prayer on here. I'd be happy to talk to you about it um, offline. But um, I'd heard on meetings before people sharing about two-way prayer. And I had actually at one point last summer reached out to somebody who I'd heard sharing about it um, to ask about it. But we we never made a connection. And then, you know, it kind of fell by the wayside. But I wanted very much to to have that experience that I, that I heard so many others share about. And um, so I just started praying about it. And then, and then a friend of mine from another fellowship texted me and said, they had been listening to these podcasts about two-way prayer. And, you know, they were very excited. I thought, okay, this may be an answer. So maybe I need to um, follow that lead. And I really do believe that 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 came from God, you know, I think that God was answering a prayer and um, most days when I do it, not every day, but I get so emotional because the, the responses I get are not anything any of us haven't heard before, you know, they're simple, they're loving, they're gentle, they're very affirming. And it's like, these are the reminders that I need to help me be in this moment and to trust my life, all of it to God, you know, and turn to God throughout the day. That's another thing that my sponsor had suggested to me when we first started back last February, that I set a timer in my phone to go off throughout the day. And I, I do that, you know, I, I set that timer and um, it's that reminder during the day that I need to pause and breathe and just connect, you know, and, um, it's and it gets better all the time and I don't do it perfectly by any stretch but um you know it, it's just such a joyful thing to be actually having an experience of God today you know and it's just those simple reminders so uh anyway I hope that answers your question and please feel free to reach out I'd love to chat about it thank you Stacy for the question and Pam for the answer okay Meredith thank you thanks for your help Meredith Hey everybody. Thank you, Betty. Thanks for your service tonight and Kendall too. And uh, thanks everybody for being here. And Pam, I have seen you on meetings and I just, there's something about you that I just love your spirit. It's so, um, it's like humble and 
open and just kind and, and I'm going to call you, but, um, I really identified with so much of what you said. And, um, when you were saying, um, this thing, whatever I set my mind to, I could do it, but not with the food. And I mean, I haven't been in since 86. Um, that's amazing. Um, but I've been in for 12 years and I didn't get abstinent until 22 till, um, yeah, 22. Um, and I think it's because I was tricked. I mean, I had a job. I was, you know, blinging to it. I don't know. It's it's a miracle that I could keep a job, actually. I was just an emotional, full of the, of the bedevilments. I could not control my emotional nature. I was crying and throwing tantrums and running to my boss and <laughs> tattling on people. It was, it was bad. Um, but just because I still was collecting a paycheck, I thought, you know, I'm good. You know, everything's fine here. Um, so I, I think it kept me in this false sense of um, maybe not being in enough pain to get the message. Um, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just, you know, why did it take so long? And um, it's as if I didn't hear for the first 10 years that this was a spiritual program. I just, it didn't, none of it just went right over my head. I think I was so fixed on getting an A, checking the boxes, um, like you mentioned, making it an intellectual pursuit. And, um, I was doing maybe that it was very compartmentalized and I was just dieting really. I, you know, called it abstinence whenever I could string together a couple of days of a, of a diet, but it really was not, um, I don't know. It's just very different. And, um, also, oh gosh, everything you said, the, the fear of not getting what I wanted. Oh, I could go on. Um, and this time, what was different for me too, is step three. Wow. That was like, uh, taking a vow. It was, it was wild, um, and beautiful, but, um, thank you, Pam, for your share. It was really great. I'll pass. Thank you, Meredith. We'll now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom hosts. Please stop the recording. And who else would like to share? We have